Welcome to LifeWorks, where we talk about life and work and making it work. I'm Hannah Greenstein, a from mompreneur on a mission just like yours, to live the mompreneur life that brings me feelings of balance and inner peace and joy. Here, I hold space for you in the many roles you play as a from mommy business owner. Join me for support, mindset, techniques, and tools around productivity, focus, and work-life balance so you can feel in balance and at peace. If you can find excitement and joy at work and at home, you will thrive in the roles you play and feel fulfilled by your life's work. And that's what I want for you. So let's get started. today's incredible episode, I chat with Naomi Rubner, who is the Marie Kondo of copy. Her mission, write words that spark joy. But don't be fooled by her sweetness. Naomi's killer brand instinct and impressive portfolio are what makes her clients' brands win. As a currently digital marketer at Mishbacha, Naomi works with companies and brands to bring their fresh, relatable side onto the marketing arena. She crafts hotter-than-hot brand strategies, is an email marketing whiz, and is also an ad connoisseur. I really think you'll enjoy today's episode as it's the perfect blend of mindset and practical and we really dig deep into some very real talk. Naomi, hi and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear the insight that you have to share with our listeners. Let's just dive right in. But before we do, can you tell me your journey in just a few minutes, how you got to where you are today? First of all, hi Hannah. So exciting to be here. And yes, I will be so happy to tell you my journey. So I came to Israel seven years ago and I knew straight away that I had to work. And I am a workaholic and I knew I had to work and I knew I had to get busy and get down to it. So I just dived in. I worked three jobs as soon as I got married. And then one of my main jobs like blew up. It was for a startup that was for 10 people. And then it became a huge company with over 100 employees and I was managing everybody. So that was my very first job. I was 19 years old. I was office manager, HR manager, development manager doing everything that was me for two and a half years then Mishpacha magazine got my resume from somebody and they called me in for a meeting and they asked me do you want to uh, fill this position and I looked at the position and and I was evaluating and I said no to them and that day that I said no to them two positions opened in Mishpacha that combined to become my position so they came back to me with a new offer of these two positions and I accepted and I moved over to Mishpacha and that was four years ago. And then two years after that, the old startup company came back and said, Naomi, we want you to come back and work for us. And at the time, my family had grown. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do both jobs. It's going to be crazy, but I need the money. So I jumped right in, juggled, juggled, juggled. And then Corona hit and I was heavily pregnant with my third. And I got laid off from the startup job, which was such a bracha looking back. Right after that, I had my baby and Corona and Pesach. And then I signed up for Coffee Tribe, which I had known I'd wanted to sign up for, but I never had like the chance to just do it. And here I was like on maternity leave. I said, right, I'm going to jump right in. And I did. I took Coffee Tribe and I jumped right in. I had been doing copy at Mishbachab, but never formally. I never knew what it was. I never knew what I was doing. And then I realized, oh, like this is what it is. And I just completely in a city fell in love with it. I always loved writing, but I just never thought I would be a writer. I never thought I could make money writing or anything. And then through a series of amazing Seattle Shmaya events, here I am a year and a half, two years later, 
I'm running my own business. I still work part-time in Mishpacha. I'm a lead digital marketer there. So that also pivoted my position once I came back. I came in with new skills and I, I started doing um, new things there. And that's where I'm holding today. So cool. And so in addition to running your own copywriting business, you're on a mission to empower women from women in business. Tell me what is missing for from women today that you want to fill the gap for? Ha, mm, so many things. Um, but I think the biggest is something missing inside the from woman, which is her confidence to come forward and say, I am valuable and I'm worthy and I deserve a raise and I deserve my benefits and I deserve to be seen and deserve to get work that I enjoy and I love doing. And in all my positions where I've, I've worked, I've worked with so, so many from color women and they all know they come to me and they schmooze with me and I coach them and I talk to them and I'm just telling them, you are so worth it. You are so amazing. You are so geschick. You can ask for a raise. You can get what you want and they don't believe it. And I like have to be like, shaking them and that is really what I think is missing this like innate sense of like I'm a from woman and I have opportunities and there is doors open to me that is completely just not there people think they need to come to Israel and work $10 an hour jobs doing transcribing or doing medical billing and it's not the case why do you think that's so prevalent is it is it just an, a general confidence issue is it that there never was like they have no role models of well-paid from business women coming before them? Is it an attitude from the employers? Like where, where does this problem come from? So I think one thing is just a technical setup that like a lot of women come to Israel and they often come for only a few years and they want to keep themselves busy. So they get themselves like uh, small jobs and employers here in Israel are used to hiring these kind of women who come and go and come and go and they go for hack. So it's, it's less of a a serious I don't want to say atmosphere because everyone's serious about their jobs but it's less of like uh this is my career and I'm gonna get started in my career a lot of women are just here because they're here for a few years so that just makes this the setup like automatically people are like okay so it's chill and the employers don't have to like worry about you know empowering their women and about giving them what they need because they'll be gone in a few years anyway but I think what we're seeing more and more is that women are staying and they are building lives here and even if they go back to America like what happens when they go there? I don't know. Do they go and they start having the confidence to charge this, to charge that, to do this, to do that? Or do they start at the bottom again? So that's one thing that I think is, is causing women just to, to have this major vacuum. And how does that translate to women entrepreneurs, women who are running their own businesses? And it's not a matter of going to the employer and asking for a raise, but it's a matter of actually them taking initiative and raising their own prices. Oh, wow, that's a, such a great question. You know that I love talking with you about mindset, Hannah, and I think that is exactly what it is here. Because we're from women and we're, we're raised to be humble and modest and all the amazing virtues that a from woman should be. And I 100% advocate for those virtues, but I also believe that when it's not balanced, it can literally get in our own way to the point like, Moshe Rabbeinu was the most humble man, but he knew his strengths. We are so humble, but we completely disqualify our strengths. We'll just be like, eh, can't do that. I don't have that. I can't do this. I need this. I need that. And we'll like put our belief in things outside of us and say like, when I am that person, have that thing, I'll be able to. But it's not the case. We completely disqualify. And I know I do this myself. Like I disqualify my own strengths and talents and skills and experiences to say like, hmm. I can't really do that. And then I just like keep myself small and keep myself tiny. And that's a big problem. Yeah. I was actually thinking that I think that some women 
maybe subconsciously had the thought process of like, but I'm just a mommy who makes macaroni and sits on the floor and plays with my kids. If you saw what my skirt looked like on the Zoom call, I wouldn't be able to charge these prices. I'm really just the mother with green marker on her hands. And you can't identify by only one role you play. You're the mother who has green marker on her hands and that you bring to the table in business with that empathetic understanding side that makes you an amazing negotiator and, and an amazing person to hire. And you also come to the table as a businesswoman who deserves to be paid her rates. And you can't limit your worth to just that one slice of your life when you're, when you're made up of so many parts. A hundred million percent. I agree with you so much because I think one thing I discovered on, on like my journey was that we are made up of so many parts so many parts and that is okay we are a wife and a mother and a daughter and a sister and a friend and a community member and an evid hashem and a spiritual being who needs to fill ourselves up with spirituality and with so many things but sometimes we'll like view the entire world around us through like one lens and i think it's really healthy to have my husband's very into compartmentalizing and he's right like making boxes and living in that box for that moment not being in a box but just saying right now i am a mother and being totally a mother Right now, I'm a community member and I'm totally a community member. And right now, I'm a business owner and I let myself completely be a business owner. And I don't hold myself back because I'm something else and something else. Because of course I am in every single position that I am. I am so many other things, but I'm letting that piece of myself come forward, be present and be like strong. I love that. It's such a theme on this podcast because work-life balance is about balancing all the parts of your of your life. And it's... yes. It, it, it never works to just operate out of one part when you're made up of so many. Or to push any of them down, like each one needs yeah. a space and a place. Like I know, like if I go too long without filling up my spirituality cup, I'll feel like I'm missing something. Like I need to daven or I need to like connect in a Ruchniistic way. And if I don't do that, then I'll feel like empty in other places. And okay. so also with self-care and so many other things. In my business, if I don't feel like I'm making um good steps I'll feel bad about myself in my business because I know there's more I can do and be doing and, and I'm not letting myself go there it's disappointing yes I know that in your position in the many positions that that you were in where you were involved in HR you helped women not only coaching them through through getting that raise but just recognizing technically what benefits they they deserved and and exploring that whole technical side of things why do you think women don't know what they have rights to? I think it's, first of all, a language barrier. That just makes it difficult. I think the employment laws are so nuanced as well. I spent a lot of time researching so many different laws for different women in different areas. There's there's not just maternity benefits and sick leave and vacation days and VETEC, which is as you grow in seniority in your company. There's also pension and there's also all these different benefits that you can get as an employee that women don't even know about, that they're not even asking for, like Karen Hishtal-Mutt or, you know, how much percentage are you taking off of my pension? Like, where is this money going? And it's, 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 I feel two parts. One part, it's like not being empowered to like stand up and say, this is my future financial security that we're talking about. Like, let me be involved. Let me understand. And it's also just like a really difficult thing to overcome this bureaucratic language barrier understanding. So I really worked a long time 
scouring the internet and scouring the laws just to like literally come to woman and she would say to me oh I need to take off an appointment I said you know that you get that under this benefit for free and you can she was like really and this one and like you know you get these vacation days and like I'm the employee telling them you know you get this vacation day and this one and you know this and they're like oh wow we didn't know any of this thank you so much because they're just unaware so that's really what as part of my goal is just to to tell these women these sweet insanely amazing geschickt women you have rights and you can ask for them and there's no shame it's totally there it's there for you and educate them and empower them and wow I think also again the the like so many parts of life comes and in, come into play here because if I'm so busy being that wife and mother and daughter and work is a small part of my life there's only so much I could give it and I have to give it the hours I have to be at my desk and then to also give it time to, to figure out and untangle mm-hmm. all the bureaucracy and especially in Israel, the language barrier, it just feels like a really big job that doesn't get prioritized, but maybe it should be because ultimately the, the ROI could be huge. Absolutely, especially with pensions. If we don't take control of our pensions, we're literally throwing away thousands and thousands of shackles we don't even know about. So that's a huge deal, but there's just no awareness. And you're right, it is a big deal. It does take like picking yourself up and investing time and energy. And a lot of women don't have the headspace. I would just love to do that for them, present them with the information, present them with the options and say, these are your best choices, go for it. So for our listeners that are working in Israel, do you have the top three questions they should be asking or things they should know about that they probably don't? So I wanna say one thing, before I say the three things, I want to say when you come to the negotiating table with a boss, one thing that I really think is coming before with lots of different options. So for example, it doesn't have to be that you come to the negotiating table and say, I want a salary raise. And they say, no, you can come back and say, can we meet here? Can I get a Karen Hishtalmut, which is an additional benefit? Can I get extra vacation days? Can I get paid my sick days from day one instead of day three? All these like very small nuances that make such a difference to your overall working conditions are things that you can use when you are asking for a salary raise. That's a salary raise. In terms of uh, maternity leave benefits, every maternity appointment that you have with a doctor is filed as like a paid hour. You can cash those appointments in. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but just so many small things that make such a difference when a woman is in Israel for the first time, maybe navigating her pregnancy or just navigating life and having that flexibility from work that's baked in by law just makes it so much easier. For sure. Let's circle back to the entrepreneur and the mindset piece, because I'm sure that there's so much bureaucracy for entrepreneurs to look into as well, getting insurance for themselves and figuring the best way to legally set up their businesses. And then that's the technical piece. And then there's the general confidence mindset piece as well, which lends to the way they show up in public and the way they charge and the way they present on sales calls. So let's talk about this for the entrepreneur. Where can they start? How can they work on this? How could they show up in their fullest, most confident self? That is such a great question. And it's one that I'm still navigating for myself. And I think it's so different for every stage and every season. So, you know, wherever you're at, you have to just kind of, first of all, I think it starts with accepting where you're at. Like it's time to put on blinders and literally cut off everybody else and ignore them because She has one more baby, one less baby, no babies. She's single, she's married. And you have to focus on your reality right now. Like what is around me right now? And then you have to accept it and say, this is exactly where Hashem 
wants me to be right now. There is nowhere else that is more perfect for me to start my business and launch my business. And also you might say to yourself, this isn't the right time. So that's like a separate thing, but just to be okay and accepting wherever you are holding. And then once you've accepted that, to start working on building your self-belief because we empower Hashem with what we believe. So when we say to Hashem, Hashem, I believe you can take care of me financially, we empower him to take care of us financially. When we don't, when we do the opposite, when we say, I, I need to work harder, I need to hustle more, I need to, you know, get more jobs, we empower ourselves. And we are so fickle and we are so human that it's just bound to fail. So the more we empower Hashem with beliefs, the more we will see these things actualize in our real life. I remember I once went to a share and the Rosh Hashiva was saying, whatever we believe in is is going to actualize. And one woman said, so if I believe my son will be the God Hadar, will he be the God Hadar? And he said, if you believe it 100%, he will be the God Hadar. And we were all just like silent. Like it was like, whoa, because that's the power of belief. So for a woman who is starting her business, it starts with this very strong core that is just a continuous, like a self-talk. Like instead of looking outwards, I'm looking inwards. No one else has anything that I don't have. I have everything I need to start. No course is going to help me. Nothing that she has or nothing that they have or no extra help from the parents or that is going to help me. I have everything I need within to, to do what I need to do. And that is like the basis, like the foundation. And then on top of that, you build more beliefs. Like I empower Hashem to send me as much money as he wants to because he is a billionaire and I empower him to send me as many jobs and not just jobs, the best jobs, the best clients, the funnest jobs, the things that light me up. And you just keep empowering him. And that's a belief that you build and you build and you build. And it and it like gravity brings those things to you by by the fact that that's a munna, a munna and I'm like, I believe in you, Hashem. And Hashem says, you believe in me. And I'm going to show you that I'm the one who provides for you everything. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. It's so simple to say and so hard to practice that like, I just want to say like, there's such a distance between the head and the heart. Like I'm going through this now. We're looking for a new apartment and my head is saying like, Hashem's going to, you know, he's already planned my apartment and he knows where it is. And like, and my heart is like, I'm freaking out. Where is it? When is it? How much is it going to cost? And it's such a distance, but it, it really works. Yeah. My coach always says feeling good is the work because even once you know what you're supposed to think and you're supposed to feel, the work is just to feel good, to feel that on that security and that peace. That's that's the work. That's where it's at. And that's that's not in this space and hasn't taken this journey. The power of belief could sound a little dramatized the way you're putting it, but we we know it's true. And it makes logical sense. If you believe your child will be the Gadol Hadar, you will relate to that child differently and you'll you'll raise that child differently. You'll raise them exactly. like the Gadol Hadar will be exactly. raised. So forget like the, the, the slightly more abstract piece, which is a huge piece, but it just very tangibly, if you feel more confident, you show up differently on social media and on your sales calls and in the way you present and in the people you reach Absolutely. out to and the prices you charge. And then it's impossible to not see different results when you believe different things. That is such a great point because you, you just checked myself like it can sound so fluffy you're right like of course it sounds like this is complete nonsense like these women are high like what is going on but then when you break it down practically like when you are so so confident and Hashem is like gonna send me what I need Hashem you are gonna send me enough money by the end of the month you also act from a place of like such calm and such buzzword alert abundance that you make different decisions like you don't take red flag clients who are you know scrounging and haggling with you because you say I know this isn't going to be the way Hashem sends me money because he's going to send me my money 
in a respectful way because I believe that he's going to do that. And then you say no to those people and that leaves you room and space to say yes to the clients that you want to work with. That's just like one example of the way you change when you have this solid, solid belief. Yeah, that's a great point, Hannah. Absolutely. I saw this so clearly. One of my first months where I really felt like I was operating from this place of belief and trust and I will make what I need to make and what I want to make and what I'm supposed to make regardless of anything. And I had a prospect reach out and I knew that taking on their project would mean that I would work more than my working hours, like than my hours that my baby was either at the babysitter or sleeping at night. And it took a minute, but I was like, this can't be the way that I'm supposed to make the money I want to make because it's not just about the money. It's about the life, the life that I want to have. And if Hashem mm-hmm. is going to gift me the life I want to have, it's not going to be with a client that, that I have to work out outside of hours for. And I said no to the client. And that month I made more than I had in any previous months. So wow, it's, just, it's incredible when you, when you see it play out, but it really, mindset really makes the difference. It absolutely does. And another thing I want to add about mindset is that when I started, um, my own coaching, I was very like, I'm going to start coaching and I'll become a millionaire. Like a plus B equals C. Um, but I learned very quickly that a lot of it is my own work, a lot, a lot of hard internal work. It doesn't mean that you don't make business goals and that you don't have milestones that you try and reach and push for. Absolutely not. One of my goals right now is to pitch a hundred people and to get a hundred no's and to celebrate every single no, which is not easy. But that is one of the business goals because it's training me to be more open to rejection and to you know, try new things and be okay with it and be unafraid of failure. But that means I have to do the work in between. I can't just have the mindset and belief. I have to also you know, do the work. So that's another really important point so that no one who's listening should suddenly start like believing because there's also a lot of hard work that goes in between. Absolutely. It's, it's not called mindset work for no reason. Naomi, for the listeners that are listening and are like, that's nice, but, but I don't have the skills and, and I'm, I'm not empowered because I'm really not ready. What do you say to them? I say, take a deep breath and you know, inside where you're holding. It took me a year to fully be emotionally and physically and mentally ready to launch my business because it just wasn't the right time for me. And it was very difficult because a lot of other people straight out the gate were streaming ahead and making um, big moves and taking on big clients. And I just wasn't ready. And I just wasn't in a place where I could go all in. And that was very difficult, but I knew that I couldn't go ahead. And then a year later, suddenly something shifted and I was ready. I was ready to start working really hard, investing in myself, making big moves, doing scary things, So to someone who's saying, but I say, check in with yourself a hundred million percent, because you are the only person who's going to know if you're ready. And if you're not ready and you do try and go full steam ahead, it's going to be a big mistake because you'll just burn out along the road. And it's such a shame because we have intuition for a reason and we know ourselves for a reason. So just check in with yourself, with your gut, with your mind, like what is popping up in your head straight away? Like if it's, I'm not ready because I'm scared. So then I want you to challenge yourself and say, but why? And find that thought and take it and say, I know my brain is keeping me small because it wants to keep me safe, but I choose to believe in myself. And that's a separate thing. But if it's because you're so overwhelmed and life is just crazy and the kids are up all night and, 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 then, then it's okay. It's not the right time. And there will be a right time and the seasons will change. I know because I've been there and then there'll be a right time and it'll be so much better for you and your entire family. Because again, here's something really, really important. When you come to make a business and when you come to show up as an entrepreneur, You have to show up with the end in mind. Like, why am I doing this? What are my values right now? 
because that changes everything. If, if my values are to provide for my family, to be a present mother, to be able to be calm, that I can afford what I need and it's in the fridge and my children have the snacks they need, all these different things that will propel my, my business and it will guide me. But if I have the wrong values where I just want to make a ton of money and get famous on social media, it's going to get me not very far, not very fast, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. So much good stuff there. You said two really powerful things to the entrepreneur that's holding back because they're genuinely not ready. It's not the right time for them and their family to, to stay true that and to, and not to be overwhelmed by everything that's outside and to just to wait for the right time. And then to the entrepreneur that's holding back because they're scared. Again, you said something so powerful about the brain holding us back to keep us safe. Can you talk more about that? Yes. So our brains love being stable and they love keeping us safe. So they have all these very natural mechanisms in place to protect us. So we kind of have to catch our brain when it sends us a thought like, no, Naomi, you can't do that. And we kind of turn around and we gently take our brain and we say, brain, I really appreciate you trying to keep me safe. I know you don't want me to do anything scary or dangerous. And I know you care about me, but I want to tell you, being like, I'm good and I've got this and I'm strong and I'm going to do this. And I'm choosing to believe that I'm going to succeed. And I'm choosing to believe something else because our brains want us to stay small. They don't want us to do big because then they're so scared. We're going to fail and we're going to fall on our faces and it's going to hurt so bad. And then we have to talk to it and we have to coach it and say to ourselves, like, I'm going to be okay. I'm choosing to believe something else about myself. I'm choosing to believe that I'll be a successful entrepreneur, that I'll be a successful copywriter or designer or creative. And then it, and then it, it calms our brain down and we have like the bandwidth to like make a decision instead of just being afraid and not doing anything at all. Wow, so powerful. And before anyone makes really irresponsible decisions, it's not that's that's not what this is about. It's about being empowered to to make the moves you should be making and not let fear cause you to play small. So a really good question to ask yourself is like, just what's the worst case scenario? And that can help you identify, I wanted to let go of a stream of income. And I just asked, what is the worst case scenario? If nothing comes to fill in for that, where will we be holding? Will we survive? Because I'm not going to jeopardize my family's support irresponsibly. But if the worst case scenario is manageable, then choose to believe that it'll probably be better than the worst case scenario and, and make the leap. I love that. That is such a good, I'm going to, I'm going to use that for some decisions I need to make in my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. It helps because it just helps you understand like, will we potentially end up on the streets because of this move? Exactly. If the answer is yes, right. then you, then maybe it's not the right time, but if right. the answer is no, then why are you playing small? Right. Yeah. Those are strong questions to ask yourself. <laughs> Yes. Naomi, you once shared with me something amazing about laying the bricks on your road. Could you talk about that? I'd love to. So I actually heard this from another copywriter whose name I cannot remember. And I remember hearing her saying this and feeling like, wow, I, I need to do that. She was saying that when, when she looks around and there's, first of all, there's such a influx of marketers around us. Like let's say you're in marketing industry, there are copywriters ahead of you and bloggers and content marketers who, who there's just so much. So they're all making products and courses and, 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 and I remember going into marketing and just getting 
so overwhelmed. Oh my goodness, I need to catch up and it will take me 10 years just to catch up. And who should I follow and what blocks should I follow and what should I read and what should I do and when should I learn and when should I take this course and literally going on a hamster wheel. And then when this copywriter said what I'm about to tell you now, it just kind of like gave me permission to focus on my own journey. And she was basically saying something so simple. You put on blinders and you you focus on your business and you lay the next brick in your road. So what does that look like? It means I will block other people on LinkedIn. I will not look at anybody's websites. I will not follow other people's successes. And when I when I see successes, I celebrate and I work really hard myself to be friggin' because I think that is such a beautiful matter to just be so happy for someone else because nothing that they have is anything that was yours. No one can touch or take anything away from you. But one thing that I realized for me personally was that looking at other people's success, it didn't motivate me. It demotivated me. It was like, oh, they're so far ahead. I'm such a failure. Oh my goodness, I'm just going to freeze and crawl under my blanket and not get anything done today. So I was like, okay, this is this I need to do. I need to start focusing completely on myself and ignoring everyone else, which as a from Jewish woman, you feel like, shouldn't we be supporting each other? We can support each other, but at the same time, you have to come first. You have to be completely focused on your journey first. So if it doesn't help you to look at other people's successes, just don't look at them. Don't look at the website. Don't look at them on LinkedIn. Um, don't follow them. Just stay very, very focused and lay the next brick in your road. And the brick should not be based off their road. Oh, their road is purple brick, so I'll do it. No, 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 no. What works for my business? What's best for me? What's best for my family? What's best for my income goals? And that's, again, referring back to having those values at the beginning. Why am I doing this? What am I doing it for? Those are really important questions to ask yourself before so that you can lay your road in the best way for you and for your family. And basically just don't look at anyone else. <laughs> Stay focused, ignore everybody else. So important. And I think that it also applies sort of backwards, meaning in, you're talking about seeing other people's successes and feeling demotivated. But I also think if you're so focused on other people's journeys and following them and learning from them and imitating them, then you might have a really big opportunity that you let go without realizing or consciously because I can't be up to there yet if it took her six years or if she first made these 10 steps. Yes. And if you're, if you're looking at someone else, someone else's journey is not your own. And that means it might be longer or shorter. It might be more winding or less. It might have more turns. It might have less. And you just have to be open to to your journey, however many steps it's going to take and however many opportunities it's going to present you. A hundred, a hundred million percent. You, you can look at other people and think I should be up to wherever I am in their journey, but it, it could be that you have um, more experience or more natural talent or more life experience that lends itself to you being a businesswoman, all these yeah. different things that put you in a completely different space. So it's super, super, super important just to to stay, stay focused on your own journey. That was such a good point. Yeah, it makes all the difference. Yeah. I also wanna say, because then you have confidence. Like when you look at other people's journey, you get very um, doubtful. Like, am I doing it right for me? But when you just like literally put blinders on, there's no doubt because does it work for me or does it not work for me? And then it's like, oh, it does or it doesn't. That's like very clear. That's a lot of clarity. When you're like putting other people's benchmarks, it's, oh, but she did this and it worked. And, and then she, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. another great reason just to give yourself confidence in your own business. So true. Like stick to only one metric system to, to figure out what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Naomi, can you share with us your thoughts on work-life balance? Yes. 
I can. So I want to start by saying it's so personal for every single woman and that is totally okay. I think the problem with social media these days is that we literally have an open window into other people's lives. And it's very important that we, again, stay focused and be in our own oi hell. <laughs> and, and personal work-life balance, which I love what you said so much, Hannah, is being in balance in your own life. So one of the things I had to learn in the hard way was like learning that success does not equal success in your business. That is not the definition of success. Success is when you are balanced in every single area of your life. And again, we're so nuanced. We have so many parts. So my life is made up of my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, my my relationships, my marriage, my parents, my children, my coworkers, me relating to myself, so many different um, pieces. And when I get very, very focused in my business and I neglect other parts of myself, after a while, it starts to show I'm out of balance. I'm out of whack. And I suffer in my business because I'm not taking care of myself as a whole. And then I know I need to take a step back and say, what, which part of me needs attention right now? Because it's like balls juggling in the air. Like you don't need to focus on them all. I think you said this, Hannah, that it was a pot boiling on the stove. Not every kid needs to be attended to. I don't know, maybe cut yeah, this but out. That wasn't but <laughs> okay, so it wasn't you. But basically, not all the pieces of your life need attention right now, but something does, and it's going to come forward and tell you, like, I need attention. So, like, for earlier, I gave an example about Rechnius. So, it could be also physical health. Like, at some point, you're exhausted and you're so low energy. You need to start taking care of yourself. So you need to, I take um, vitamin supplements, supplements. I try and move and I play basketball twice a week. And I, try really really hard to go to sleep on time which is a huge challenge but all these things they're so important because if we're if one area of our lives is being completely neglected we're not in balance we're not successful because it's impacting us in so many other areas in our relationships where we might be snappy and we might be not our best selves and not in our business so so it's really reshaping what our version of success is I think like western culture so like success is money and it's so not what success is absolutely not and it's also not metrics it's not number of followers and it's not number of networking events and it's not number of or even numbers in your business that is not success success is being a whole human being who lives in this world who is an Eved Hashem and who is navigating life in balance physically emotionally mentally spiritually everything that is really the, the definition of success or at least mine yes I think it is. I think it is the true definition of success. Like we said, if you're made up of so many parts, how could you, how could you measure anything against just one? Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. Okay. Naomi, if listeners want to find you, follow you, learn from you, where can they do that? <laughs> they can send gifts and pizza to my address at, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, they... apartment. <laughs> exactly. So what can they do? They can follow me on LinkedIn where I'm uh, currently in the middle oh, of yes. my <laughs> thank you in the middle of my 30-day challenge I'm having way too much fun on there someone needs to stop me right now <laughs> before I go crazy with the gifts and the memes but I'm having such a good time so LinkedIn is where you can follow me my website is coming soon to the internet near you in the next um, few months mm-hmm. and I'm also really excited about my email list where I'll be emailing fun things that come out of my brain and also information and education. So that'll be really fun. Basically a stream of consciousness is what you'll expect. And that's another place where you can meet me. (laughs) You bet. Okay. That's everything. Yeah. 
Naomi, let's make this actionable. There was so much good stuff there, but for a listener that just needs that one push to take a step, what one doable and impactful action do you challenge listeners to right now? That is a very good question. And I need to take a minute and think about it. What one thing would I ask them to take away? I want to say so many things, Hannah. I want to say, give yourself permission to believe in mindset. That's number one. It's scary to like fall into it and be like, hold on, this is fluff and nonsense. Like, what is this? I'm just like, give yourself permission to dabble and put your you know, feet in the water. And another thing I want to ask you to take away from this is really check in with yourself. I really believe every woman has like a level of, of self-awareness that she knows where she's at and where she's holding and what is and isn't right for her. Like one thing I've learned, I promise you, you have all the answers. No one outside of you has the answers. It took me a long time to realize this, to like have that full inner trust that like I have all the answers. What does it take? It takes me sitting down with myself, with my journal or with a piece of paper or just like staring out the window until like those answers will rise up from within and then you will know what is right for you for your family for your business for your next career I need to practice what I preach so badly because it really is something that you need to remind yourself like check in with you because you really do have all those inner answers amazing Naomi thank you so much for being here and for everything you shared it's like so much to digest and to really take away into into the business as thoughts and emotions and decisions come up to really remember to put on those blinders, to empower ourselves and, and to find those answers within us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. This was so much fun. And I really enjoyed talking with you about things that are so meaningful and important to me. And I really hope that they'll make a tangible difference in everybody's lives, whoever's listening, that they should only see future success and future inner belief and inner empowerment. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Naomi. Thanks for hanging out with me today. As always, head to lifeworkspodcast.com because that's where the party's at. Drop a comment, hashtag iLifeWorked on this episode to let our community know that you took the challenge and encourage others to do the same. If you want to hear more about what I do for for mompreneurs and how we can work together, reach out, Hana at lifeworkspodcast.com. Wishing you a day of work and life that work to bring you tremendous fulfillment and joy. Till next time, I'll see you here and again. Thanks for being a part of our incredible community.